You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil in the Bucker Potter. Four Hi to- there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. And Bethel is here, too, today. Right, Bethel? Howdy, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Today's guest for Corona Week number four is originally from Glenside, Pennsylvania, where he's currently sitting in his car. He ran a cool Glenside comedy show for 10 years at the KFC. He's currently a senior project management consultant at Amerigas, working for his own company called Methods in Project Management. We worked together at EDS back in the day, and I know him as an advanced systems engineer. So from programmer analyst to project manager, God, what happened to you? It's Chuck Doherty. Hey there, Lenny. Great Thanks. to have you. I've listened to listen to every one of your shows, and I'm following on this. This is a, such a privilege, and thank you very much. It's depressing for me. <laughs> it's, of course, depressing for me because... We so dearly wanted you live in the studio, you know. I would have loved to come up there and go live. And yeah. now, is this the best I, I could get? I used to look forward to your birthday bowling bashes every year. <laughs> the worst, the best thing I could get from you now is you in your car. And you're saying it's hot <laughs> and you can't roll down the window because there'll be too much noise and then the neighbors will see you if you take your clothes off. Great. Absolutely. Yep. The neighbor's going to start cutting his lawn and I can't be naked when he does that. Well, <laughs> well let's start for this. You were a programmer back in the day. I have, as you know, I have zero respect for project managers, timelines, goals, meetings. Oh my God, kill me. We hated those people. What happened? Why? Why? Oh my God, Lenny, it's so funny how your career just changes and turns. The, the, the things I hated the most, software quality. I hated software process and I hated project managers. And within 10 years, I'm all three of them. It's just the way the careers go, you know, like you see an opportunity, which is called getting laid off and finding a new job. And then next thing you know, you got a new position. Oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, all I hear when I hear all that corporate stuff is a member of the Illuminati. <laughs> that's about right neil how's that the illuminati he's just he's a worker bee yeah yeah no. you guys yeah you guys are living the dream up there in new york following the dreams and that's, doing the fun stuff that's right some of us have to keep the world working um well yeah, you're, you're running the scenes behind you're running the world behind the scenes i get it i get you we think we're in control but you're really in control i guess so <laughs> i mean i wish it was that simple Project management, as far as I remember, is like everything that has to do with that put me to sleep. Like, oh, it's awful. It's just common sense. Just do what you say you're going to do. That's like a, that's all. Like I'm basically a professional nag. Yeah. I go around and <laughs> nag people all day. Yeah, yeah. You have supposed to hit your well, my goals. First, my my first question is how many Zoom meetings have you done over the last couple of weeks? 
<laughs> Neil, I will tell you the most fun thing I could do in my Zoom meetings, which is like five a day, is mess with the backgrounds. And if you haven't done a virtual uh, background in Zoom, you haven't lived because I've got the I got a perfected where the people don't quite know if it's a messed up background or if I really do live in a bunker or a penthouse. Like every Zoom <laughs> meeting, I have a different background. I go from the bunker to the to the messy basement. That's funny. <laughs> so, it's a little stuff that you can do to entertain yourself Wait, that makes you, these meetings go by. You can put them all up yourself. Can like so? Can you put like like a rainforest or something? Or I yeah. could do it. You could Google any picture off the off the, net, the internet you should, and put it as your background. You should put you with like Joe Exotic. You know, I've, I've had the tiger before. <laughs> I've been in the toilet paper roll, uh, you know, counter all the stuff. Uh, yeah. I can put your face on my background, Lenny. I can have you in the background. You should take a picture of me and Neil and then send it to me and we'll use that as the picture this week. It'd be funny. Hey, that's awesome. Meanwhile, Joe, Joe Exotic's about to get pardoned by our president. That's, the, that's what our country that's turned are. into. All right. Well, we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about Chuck right now. <laughs> Thanks. Um, back in the day, Neil, the reason why Chuck and I know each other is because we worked together at EDS, Electronic Data Systems, for people who don't know out there. That was a big company at one point where Ross Perot, he ran it. He was another nut that was going to run for president. He did pretty well and then one day, I think the story is he saw some people he thought were on his lawn trying to kill him, and then people thought he was nuts because a lot of people said that didn't happen, and then it just went downhill from there. I'm not sure what happened. Okay, uh, wait. So build a picture for me. You two sat like next to each other in cubicles? We were all in cubicles, but not next to each other. He was on one team, and I was on the other team. He was, a, he was across this big room. How many people would you say in that room, say in Somerset? Yeah. Uh, maybe a hundred, eighty to a hundred people in that. Yeah, I mean in like the big office area. Yeah, yeah, a hundred people. So were it was, you guys on? Were you guys on like rival teams? Like you guys hated each other's teams? No, I needed him. I was on production support team, which like ev- involved every program running correctly, and he was on. Chuck was responsible for like one of the maybe the biggest program in the system. So if something went wrong with this <laughs> program, which it did every day. Chuck had to go find where it went wrong because. Somebody, we inherited a lot of the stuff, and it was written in spaghetti. So Chuck was unraveling (laughs) spaghetti for his entire five-year stint there or whatever it was. And then Lenny sat right outside the boss's office, and anything went wrong, Lenny would go up and down the hallway screaming at people. That's how I met him, like this crazy screaming Jewish guy. (laughs) That's how we were introduced. (laughs) Well, you have to understand, the way things ran is we were the last – it's AT&T. Okay, that's who we work for. We were, we were contractors for AT&T. And a big history for the people. In the divestiture of AT&T back in the day caused a bunch of the, – the, the, the caused the AT&T to carve up their company into six blocks. Am I right, uh, Chuck? Bells? Six yeah, bells? Yeah, all the little baby bells, right. All the baby bells decided to get their phone bills out. They had to rewrite all their systems. So there, there was a need for programming all over the country in the 18, for AT&T was immense. So it, it centered in New Jersey where the AT&T headquarters is or one of them. And then they uh, – all these computer uh, programs had to be written for it. So there was a bunch of systems that each phone call had to go through before it got to us. We were the last system that all these phone calls went through. And we were the ones that put the marketing on it and put it in an envelope for people and sent it out the door. Well, Chuck was responsible for the 
before it goes out the door, all the records that come in have to be edited. And if they don't pass editing perfectly, they get kicked out. Now, for some reason, if somebody puts an edit in and it gets kicked out anywhere through the system, it's, what is it, uh, a day, Chuck? How many records would get kicked out? Oh, too many, too many. Like a million records would get kicked yeah, out? Yeah, exactly. And then we would get a call from somebody screaming. Now, when did these programs run, Neil? At like three in the morning. So who they call first? Me. This program went down. And then I had to go through a list and find out who's pro- who was responsible for that program and call them. And a lot of times it wasn't Chuck's fault. It was the data coming to Chuck's program. That was most of the time. So Chuck had to find out what when this happened and what changes. So if I got a call at 4 o'clock in the morning, Neil, every single night, do you think I wouldn't be upset? What? Can't you just not answer the phone? No, that's not my. That's my job is to answer the phone. You dumbass. <laughs> I would have never answered the phone. So, so sometimes it wasn't Chuck's programming, but the whole point was we we'd argue: was it our fault, our system's fault, or the system that was passing us the data's fault? And these arguments happen a lot at four o'clock in the morning. And back then, there so, was... so wait again. Are you guys at this point? Are you guys friends? Or are you guys at? No, we're friends. He. I know he wasn't gonna. I knew he did everything right. So what? Most of the time, like okay, just. Could you help me find out who caused this problem? And that's well. Let me let me ask Chuck because Chuck's a lot bigger than you. So Chuck, did you ever want to hit Lenny in the face? Neil, everyone in the office wanted to hit Lenny in the face. That's why he got his job done so well. That's right. Uh, if you haven't gotten woken up at four o'clock in the morning because of emergency that someone's not going to get their phone bill, you haven't lived. I mean, that's where we lived for years. Yeah, I mean that's that <laughs> was my life. That's why we're not there anymore. <laughs> Those people love me. Trust me, oh. they love me. I saved the boss's ass how many times, Chuck? A billion every, every day. Every yeah, day. Every day. So I'd buy, be at four o'clock in the morning. By the time everybody woke up and all the big shots came in, the, the systems were back up and running again. So you know, Chuck was responsible for helping me get those systems back up and running. And so things would run smooth for a couple of days, but then somebody would make a change to a program or something. Or, for example, on Mother's Day, right? They wanted to put a line in the programs that said, call your mother, right? That's all they wanted to put. Call your mother on Mother's Day on the bottom of your phone bill. Nobody's going to read this ever. Nobody reads to the bottom of the phone bill. They just look at the number and they pay it. But once in a while, they had some marketing. Hey, call your mother on Mother's Day. So they want to add this. So they put one line in. Like you had to make programming changes. And for some reason, if the programming changes didn't come in on the right day and the right time and everybody wasn't coordinated on it, the programs would kick out all the records and then my phone would ring. And I'd be like, imagine my uh, disdain, Neil, if I got a call. Hey, I go, oh, well, what changes were made? Well, they want to add put call your mother on Mother's Day and you kicked out four billion fucking records at four o'clock in the morning you dumb twats and i would scream at everybody do we really need to put that on the fucking phone bill and wake the fuck out of me every you know so it went on from there let's put it that way that was an example lenny just know when i got that phone bill that made a big difference to me my mother (laughs) she loved it Bethel. Well, can't you write something better than that? Can't you write something shitty in there? Like, you know, like... You oh, know. 
That's funny that you say that because in testing, they would do stuff every once in a while. Like in something, they needed a line to put in there until the company came up with what would you put in there on Mother's Day. So like Shh. somebody would make something up until the official verbiage came in. So it would be like, your mother sucks ass, right? And then, of course, <laughs> somewhere down the road, nobody would check that and it landed in production. So somebody down the road checking these bills before it went out the door into the envelope would go, do you know it says your mother sucks ass on the bottom of the phone bill? And then my phone would ring in the middle of the night and then you would be I, screaming. I would have framed that phone bill. Yeah, I would have liked to see that. <laughs> so, uh, Chuck, I got a question for you. Now, in those days, did you ever think that this guy is going to become a comic? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, not at that point, no. But he was he was great to work with because he, he had your back at all times. I remember sitting in Dallas, Texas, like something went wrong, and Lenny said to the boss, he was like, that's it. We're leaving. Come on, Chuck. Get your stuff. We're going home. And we're all getting up to leave, and they're like, all of a sudden, like, no, 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 wait, wait. We didn't mean it. We didn't mean it. Come on. You guys got to stay. <laughs> Lenny was like the ultimate boss. Yeah, he I didn't trust everything. I gave no fucks to some of these people. They thought they were these big shots from AT and T. Thought they were so great, and I was like, "You guys don't can't do dick without the five of us." Like we had this like little team, and we're leaving. <laughs> Fuck you. We're we're trying to we're trying to help you, you pieces of shit. Why don't you, you listen to me? Really one more ahead of the curve because now you guys are run all the companies now. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Oh. I think that's how you get ahead in the corporate world, though, you guys. Uh, Neil always tells me stories of his his days at um, being an accountant um, and how he would just tell people to screw off, and he kept getting promoted. Yeah, that's basically what it was. I mean, we did once we made the projects work for the boss, he would let us go on, like, he would pay for our cruises and weird stuff. It was kind yeah. of weird. But we worked with a lot of crazy people, Chuck. Uh, I have a list of these people. We worked with a, a lady named Bethel Chi-Ching. Okay. Chi-Ching. And every, and every time she called, I would answer the phone and be like, Chi-Ching. <laughs> and she never got it. She had no idea what you were talking about. She had no about. idea what I was talking about. But she thought it was funny. Like every time I would make right. this bringing sound, it was weird. And then we worked with a guy in the middle of Seinfeld. When this episode comes out, we worked with a guy named Babu. Okay? Do you remember the Seinfeld episode with Babu? And he would go, Lenny, that was the answer to one of your quizzes on one of your shows. <laughs> and I'm sitting there walking through my bloodside PA screaming, it's Babu! It's Babu! And whoever was did not get it right. <laughs> yeah, we worked with a guy named Babu. And he would, in, in the Seinfeld episode, if everybody remembers, he'd go, Jetty, you're a very, very bad man, Jetty. Right? So we would every wagging time, your finger. You did yeah, it every day. Yeah, wagging your finger. So he sat across from me, and I would hear him and be like, "Babu, you're a very loud man, Babu, Babu." <laughs> right? And every time he was in a meeting and said anything, "Very, very good, Babu," you know, shake my finger, and people were dying. And he, of course, didn't watch the show. I'm like, you, you have to watch Seinfeld. <laughs> And, so, uh, wait, so Chuck, and Bethel, actually, yeah, Bethel, to your point, too, Babu was the guy who was so bad at his job that they kept promoting him. <laughs> he kept getting promoted because he was so bad. Just that Bethel brought that, that total I believe up. It. We, I believe it. I think that same, I think Neil was so bad at his job, he kept getting promoted, too. That's that's the way it works, I guess. We were, wait, so Chuck, wait, 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 let me, how did you take the job and how did you get that job from the beginning at EDS? Where did you come from? Oh my God! I, I was at Muhlenberg College, marketing and uh, majoring in marketing, thinking I was going to be an advertising guy, and ended up going to this EDS class in the summertime or whatever, and getting an internship there. 
And that's how my career has turned. I would love to still be in marketing and advertising and that fun stuff, but somehow I got the software quality working at AT&T, getting calls at 4 o'clock in the night, oh. listening to Lenny berate all the AT&T folks. Like, we worked oh. with some dummies. We worked with some unbelievable idiots. It was uh, like Some of these guys were really good programmers and really bright and nerds, and we worked with – I can't – stories and pun story. We worked with a guy named Sashi Desai, okay? And he was so bad, you know, I'm like, he was so annoying, this guy. I would walk around going, don't be a Sashi Desai. And to this day, <laughs> it's been 20 years at least, right? And every day that if Bertie acts up, I go, don't be a Sashi Desai, right? And my wife's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just don't be a Sashi She thinks I'm cursing at her in some other language. She oh, all- Lenny, you know, I was going to say, Lenny, you got to bring up Henko Lee, who one day <laughs> comes in, decides his name is no longer Henko Lee, it's now John Lee. Yeah, he it was one of the worst people I ever worked with. But I would come in, I would leave work at nine o'clock at night. He's there. I come in at six o'clock in the morning. He's still there. He was sleeping under his desk. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, he worked with the. His name was. I think he- you guys were actually in episodes of Seinfeld. You have. Sasha. Oh my God! Did, oh yeah. Lenny could write the office himself, right? Yeah, yeah we could write the office. We worked with a guy named Hen Quoli. Hen Quoli. Um, changed his name to John, right? So now he's like, he just sends out a memo to everybody. The guy spoke like no English, but apparently he had gotten his green card and he was in the, he just became a citizen. So he decided I'm going American name. So he went with John. So now he's John Lee, right? We had nine Johns in the office, right? There's nine John, there's John Wilk, there's John Rosado. There's, you know, now there's John Lee, whatever. So I started calling everybody who's named John, Hank <laughs> So it was Henquo Rosado, Henquo Wilk. So they would walk in the queue and be like, Henquo, how are you? Like, I had no idea Henquo was John, right? So, yeah, we had a lot of fun with some, we had a lot of fun with some of these people. There were some crazy fights that went on in the office. Um, but, yeah, a lot of 4 o'clock in the morning and a lot of thank God for Chuck because he was one of about five people who could get it done. And uh, and then he would do stuff, and he would live with a bunch of guys off campus. And real quick, Chuck, you used to do Oktoberfest every year. Chuck would dress up in lederhosen, the whole outfit, and and you know run these parties, like drinking fest parties. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, let me. This actually was crazy. It was like a bunch of college guys came up with this brilliant idea. Is everyone, if everyone brings a different kind of like beer, we'll have a lot of different beers this party. And back in the day, it was like Molson and St. Paul Girl were the exotic beers. There was no such thing as a craft beer. But we ended up getting all these different kinds of beers. This party still goes on 30 years later. Wow. I still have this party. I've been to two. uh, (laughs) Yeah, when we were getting engaged, my wife and I were walking through New Hope, Pennsylvania, and she saw a pair of suede lederhosen in a thrift (laughs) shop. And she points, she goes, you got to buy them. Like, they're not going to fit me. She goes, try them on. I'm like, they're $90. She goes, try them on. I tried them on. She goes, like, how do they fit? Um, perfect. So I now own a pair of suede lederhosen that I wear every year. All right. That's going to be the picture of the week. Send me the picture of you in the lederhosen. I definitely have a good one. Yeah. That's got to be it. All right. Let's move on to the next one. The next corner I want to talk about, uh, is you also, you have a thing called TNT volleyball. TNT volleyball is a volleyball club in the Philadelphia area that believes in, uh, playing club volleyball should be affordable for all families. And you guys provide the same club experience as the larger clubs at a much lower cost. You started this in what, like 2008? You came up with this yeah. to prepare your kids for volleyball? and Yeah, it's one of those, like, when I when we started working at EDS together, the first week, the one of the ladies there says, like, do you play volleyball? I'm like, nah. She goes, we play every Wednesday night at the Somerville YMCA. 
you should play. I'm like, well, I play basketball. She goes, volleyball is more fun and you can play co-ed. So I started going. And Wednesday nights turned into Wednesday, Thursdays. Me- and then we got beach houses and then we played in tournaments. So I always just wanted to play co-ed volleyball for the rest of my life. And about 10 years ago, I guess, whatever, I just started a program in Glenside, bought two outdoor nets and had 30 kids show up. And, you know, 10 years later now, we have 135 girls in a club and 12 teams and going with the national tournaments and everything. It's crazy. It's, but it's I'm telling you, that's where I want to go. I don't want to work in corporate world anymore. I want to be a volleyball club guy. There you go. I love that story. And two, th- two first thought that comes to my mind is, one, it's not more fun than, ba- than uh, basketball. And two, <laughs> co-ed is definitely not more fun. It just – but let's move on. No, it was really good. But your daughters played, right? They do. Both my daughters played. They don't play in college because they both chose to go to big colleges, University of Pittsburgh, University of Georgia. But, uh, you know, had they followed my path and gone to a small Division three school, they could have played volleyball in college as well. Yeah, like these teams are really good, right? Your te- the oh, they're really come- good, yeah. Yeah, and very and Neil, those Texas teams, the teams from Texas, Neil, that's where it's at. Those teams can play. Yeah, I mean, all those those girls are so big. And I know Baylor's good at volleyball, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a crazy world, the travel volleyball world. Did you Do you uh, – do you – have like level teams like you have like one level two levels or all that stuff or just one team no we're pretty much like at the, yeah, the more popular ages 13 14 15 you know we have two or three teams in each age group you know and the first team is the more competitive and then the second team is the secondary competitive and the third team are more of a beginner but i'll tell you what the third teams are the fun ones to coach because those are the kids that have never played before they really improve a lot they're really enthusiastic and have fun they're not into that you know, am I on the first team, second team competitiveness? They don't have the crazy parents. Right. So it's it's a fun uh, game. But it's club sports is club sports, no matter what you play, volleyball or soccer or basketball or oh, whatever. It's so much fun. And it's like the, the um, if you, some of these kids aren't, aren't good enough to play on, you know, this high school team or whatever it is. So, of course, and they still want to play. So this is great. Yeah, it's, no, really, it's I, funny. I, the boys I, are fought, well, coming behind it. Well, the still boys volleyball though is still like the kids that get cut from basketball, the kids that get cut from baseball that want to play a sport that right. got cut from their chess club. So boys volleyball not, is like in Philadelphia area is still the non-athletic kid for the most part, oh. but it's changing. The, the good athletes are starting to play now. It's getting better. Oh wow! Is, does Dennis play your son? He yeah, I started coaching his high school team a little bit too. Oh boy! So he plays. He's a sophomore up until this year, where he just lost his whole sophomore volleyball season because volleyball is a yeah. spring sport. <laughs> Sorry. Now, can you just do this to make a living if you just kept opening more of them and traveling around? Deal. That's the million-dollar question I keep looking at every day. But I think it would be, it would be exactly like you guys do with comedy. It's like you can do comedy, but you have to supplement it. Right. So maybe I could be a referee or maybe I could coach a high school team or something like that. Or maybe I could start a new business, a computer-type business, something like that. So. Oh, it's in the works. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a full-time job out of it. Cool. And let's talk about volleyball for a second. Is it nine on nine? Six on six. Six on six. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, I thought it was that. Yeah, unless home. you play with a yeah nine on nine, it's like you play with a beer and a sandwich in your hand at a picnic. <laughs> well, that's funny that you say that because I love volleyball except for like the rules. I, I play great. <laughs> I great. I play great picnic volleyball where you can kind of slap at the ball and kind of carry it over the net and redirect it through the net. Right? Yeah, yeah. You can hit the guy. Yeah, that's right. You can hit the net or and uh, you can pull the net down. Yeah. yeah, it's fun and it's not quite. How tall is the net? Is it nine feet? 
about eight feet. Eight yeah, feet. A little bit lower. The girls are lower than that. Oh, the girls Wait, are lower. Wait, Lenny, have you ever played volleyball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good, actually. I mean, I'm a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no way. You want to bet? Lenny's a good athlete. I'm telling you, he'd be good. Neil, you'd be good too. A basketball superstar such as yourself. Yeah, I was you'd really... be a stud no, volleyball player. There's no way, Lenny, you're good at volleyball. Uh, you're wrong, Neil. I was a really good <laughs> volleyball net player. I was blo- good blocker and whatever. Um, but like I, I said, believe in you, Lenny. I believe in you. You know why I know you can't be good at volleyball? Because you just said it's nine on nine. Well, I didn't know. I mean, when I played in <laughs> in high school, official volleyball or wherever, it seemed to be nine on nine, three rows of three. I didn't know it was two rows of three. Yeah, that's called gym class. Gym class. I played gym class volleyball. I never. <laughs> and then I don't remember because we haven't had the Summer Olympics in four years. That's where I watch it. It's not like I'm watching televised volleyball every now and then. Yeah, I, now you watch beach volleyball beach anyway. Volleyball. Beach volleyball right. gets all the coverage. Exactly. Who doesn't want to watch, you know, women in bikini playing high athletic sports? Like uh, that's where volleyball the market is. Bingo. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd do into that cuz one I'd probably be getting into good shape. I wouldn't be a rail, right? I'd have a great tan and I'd be hanging with the gorgeous women in bikini. <laughs> And we're good athletes. Great athletes. That was on your checklist, right? Oh my god, that's all. That's my whole checklist in a row. You know. <laughs> oh, I root for those guys all the time. You know, like I totally get into volleyball during the Olympics. I the Americans were really good for a while, right? They still are. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the top like what four? It's Brazil yeah. and Italy or who's? Yeah, it was changed international stuff, right? But you know, the beach volleyball was dominated by Americans uh, yeah. for a while. What is the two girls that won all the time? Um, uh, Misty May and Kerry Walsh Jennings, but now right. it's all kinds of drama in terms of Kerry Walsh Jennings is like the best player in the world. Right, and, and she picks partners. She changes partners every once in a while. Well, the other one, Misty May, retired. That was the whole thing. Right, and April Ross. So, yeah, a whole bunch of different players. Yeah. So Chuck, are girls coming out of your program that are going to like D one and stuff? No, it's funny though, because like it, my my club is kind of aimed at those girls that just want to play because they like to play. The girls that yeah. want to play D one go to these really exclusive clubs where they're paying four grand in uh, club fees and then another 10 grand to travel. Oh, wow. That's a whole different market that I don't want to touch. And that's kind of why I started mine is because there's a, there's only a few girls that really are six foot two that can play, but there's so many five foot five girls that just like to play the game. And that's where I kind of tried to get that market there is, you know, give those girls a place to play. I don't really go for those really big ones that want to be D one players because they, they are, there's a lot of, stuff that they got to do that I don't provide. The travel world, my brother has all the travel soccer players in his family, all his girls, and it's crazy. You just pay from the fall. You pay all four seasons, and then you get the private coach. I mean, it's That's crazy it. amount. Yep. I mean, the travel world's making crazy amounts of money from these people. Is it also tough? Yeah, exactly. Is it also like tall or wins most of the time in this? I That's the one thing volleyball depresses me, like – like all you super tall guys seem to be playing volleyball. They take basketball players and and use them more. You oh, can tall. jump really high, except for the one setter, right? Yeah, but even this setter it pays to be tall. Oh, really? Like it's it's good because like when the setters in the front row, for example, when the ball's set high, they want to be able to spike it too. So tall wins everything. Even there's like a position in volleyball lane called a libero, which is a defensive specialist, and they can't even jump and hit the ball, and they they can be tall. Wow. Tall is tall rules the world in every game. A friend of mine just went D one in field hockey and she's six one and they loved her because she's tall. Like tall athletes are a premium. Are you constantly picking poor kids off the ground because they got hit in the face? Yeah. On, on the spike. <laughs> 
No, no. The girls usually know what they're doing. They they know it's smart enough to get their hands up. <laughs> okay. I mean, That's kind of one of the things I teach them right away. But, you got to protect the moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> when they play in the – and I got another one. When they play – when you see really good volleyball, like real college volleyball, and they're like setting it and like they set it up, like the setter sets it up for the there's usually three guys or two guys in the front row, right? So right, they, exactly. they they throw it up to the guy, let's say on the right front corner, really high, and he's gonna go for spike, and then he jumps right. up. Why does the guy on the other side also jump up? Like to block it, he blocks no, it. No, 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 no. The guy on his own team sometimes jumps up goofily, like they're all jumping for no reason sometimes, like. No, because a lot of times they run a set play, like a basketball play. Right. Where the ball comes to that setter in the middle, and, they and don't he's know. got three options. Right. And some of them are really fast. Like the ball, as soon as he touches his hands, the guy's jumping because he's going to like shoot it out to him. Hmm. So they're trying to like isolate one hitter on one blocker. So you can't get three blockers up on your one guy. So he's faking. So they're always trying to fake. It's all fakes. So yeah, to keep the <laughs> other blockers honest. But does that work? Does the fake work? Because it just oh, seems yeah. like a bunch of Mexican jumping beans when you watch it on TV. <laughs> Oh, you watch the, the ones in the middle. It's really fun because they, as soon as that setter touches that ball, the guy's up in the air. Right. And if he's the setter gets it to him, as he's up in the air. Well, sometimes the blocker goes up and that guy comes down and a, block, a guy goes up behind him and hits it. And no blockers. Like they have all these combo timing plays. It's really fun to watch the high level play. I like when the little guys like the the guys jump really high and the little guy sort of like dinks it over his head. Does like a lot yeah. over his head. That's a lot of fun. Yep. <laughs> It's a fun game to watch. It's a lot more fun, especially when you have kids. Like if you have a kid that's a swimmer, you know, you go to these travel tournaments and you watch them swim the breaststroke and in 24 seconds it's over and you're there for the whole day. Yeah. Volleyball, you're just playing the whole time. So it's a fun game for parents to watch. It's not like a field hockey where there's a whole bunch of rules and no one knows why they're blowing the whistle. It's a pretty obvious game to watch. So I think it kind of like resonates with the parents. They love watching it too. And as in, as in tennis, it's like uh, – um, if you're at a huge advantage when you're serving supposedly right and then you a good server is worth everything right yeah oh i'm oh god especially the younger ones as you get older they can handle the serves better but you know 13 14 15 year old kids that can serve or rule the game neil i never missed on serving okay but i was a really good server the only problem was I have to do the little underhand serve thingy i don't do oh, the overhand god. slap that's embarrassing what are you talking about that's how you play don't do underhand serving. <laughs> the underhand serving thingy. Come on, that's Neil. But remember, Neil, remember, Lenny was a good volleyball player when they played nine on nine and served underhand. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was really good. I tell, the, I tell any of the kids when they're in like seventh grade if they serve underhand, just leave the gym. I can't oh. really. No. I'd rather them suffer and just learn to hit it overhand. Oh, I'm come call on. That I don't want you to be like Lenny Marcus. That's what I'm going to say from now on. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Neil, I'm totally on board with you there. That's the same way I teach too. Don't underhand it. Miss 10 in a row serving overhand, but you got to do it right. Don't be a Sashi Desai? <laughs> don't be a Sashi Desai. <laughs> wait, I, you, wait you, how do you do it, Chuck? You can't You can't palm it. Can people, can it be illegal? Do people, when they start out, are illegal all the time because they're trying to push it? Right, so you have no, to I mean, slap the, at it, right? The, if you watch it now, they're tossing the ball up like out over the end line into the court and jumping and spiking the ball. Oh, sort of like a tennis it's, serve. It's like a tennis serve. Yeah. It's like a tennis serve taking a running start. Right. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm not good at that one, Neil. I can tell you that. Are you good at that one, Neil? <laughs> yeah, I, 
every time I jump serve it, it usually hits the I hit it super hard into the back wall. It's never even close to going in bounds. Does the jump serve? Can you take a running start up to that line, Chuck? You can, yeah. As long as you take off behind the line, you can land ten feet in the court. Oh wow! Okay, all right. And so, yeah, how far? That's why girls volleyball is sort of more popular than boys in a way because very much like girls and boys, I mean, men's and women's tennis, same same thing. It's the same beats. Like men's tennis sometimes can just be serve, serve, and not as much action in the game. And say, I, I would say the same thing for volleyball. Neil, you're right on. Like, I would say that same thing with every sport. I would rather, like, watch a women's game play a sport because they play technically the right way where the men are so powerful. And, like, a volleyball, they can hit the ball so hard that you can't return it. But the women's game has so many more volleys. And women's hockey is that way. Women's basketball. Like, they play the game so technically pure as opposed to the men who are just so strong. Yeah, I always loved playing against girls in basketball. To be honest with you, because if you, there was the one girl on the court, she would set a pick. She would, you know, she knows how to play. She knows right. how to play. They taught her well, you know, and that she know how to box out. You know, watch these other bozos do nothing. You know, so, yeah, yeah and then dunk the ball over top of you. Yeah, it was weird. It's do people still sing "Get Up and Rotate"? Our team is really great. <laughs> I think that was like an Oceanside, Long Island what? gym class song. No, I thought that's a famous volleyball thing. <laughs> Do they still rotate? Uh, yeah, you still rotate. That's that's. What but it seems rule. like it seems like when, even if they rotate, like the even the the but the guys who play in the front, once the ball's in play, can they run back to the front or they have to stay in the back? They've rotated to the back. The three people in the front row were the only ones allowed to spike the ball. So if you're starting in the back row, you can't spike it. That's I why see. a lot of the, the best players come off the court in the back row because they can't pass. Ah. And then they go back and when they're in the front row. That's one of the rules. So you have a bunch of good spikers on your team so you can rotate three and three? Or into some... the front, right. Ah. And then you have a good passers who rotate in for them in the back row. Interesting. Interesting. Is there any – Yeah, a lot of strategy. Back, like have your, have your kids that like stand at half court and then all the, all the guys that can't shoot and they leave, and then the shooters come in and have like in volleyball, same thing. Well, you change, Neil. You <laughs> change true. out people for defense and offense. This guy, you know, if you're down late in the game, you got a defensive guy. You put him in for the big, you know, guy that's not going to help you. You know. Yeah, but yeah you, that's it. You get him in in volleyball. You can always get him in. Yeah. Well, not right. You can always get him in. Like if a guy just subs out, you can sub him in right next, Chuck. It's like a baseball like, lineup. Once you come in for somebody, you got to go in for them again. Like those oh, two are tied. I see. It's yeah. the same lineup as baseball kind of thing. Oh, wow. All right. Well, tell everyone where they can sign up for this, like in the Philly area. It sounds great. Where, do you have to live in Glenside or anybody can come? No, to no. It's just it's a, it's a club sport. So there's one of 10 different clubs in the Philadelphia area. Mine's TNT, TNTVB.com. Um, that's where we are. But there's tons of them. Just get out and play. Like play in gym class and play – uh, yeah, with your school team, whatever. But if you want to keep playing a little bit more, that's where the club season comes in. That's December through April or Mayish. Rotate people. Rotate. Do you, have a, do you have a team that Lenny could join if he comes I down do. there? A nine on nine. A I nine, nine on nine. nine. <laughs> I was thinking about starting a nine on nine underhand serving only that's league, the... but I didn't know if there's much Ooh, of a market for that. Now we're talking. We're driving down. That's the one I want. <laughs> and then after I rotate out, I want to have a soda. And a hot dog. Yeah, yeah you got to play with a hot dog in your hand. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. That's how you do that. it. And you're allowed to I touch. Thank you for having me 
having a, a five foot five uh, club. That's that's what I want to thank you for. That's uh, it. Yeah, Bethel, you'd be a star too. I can tell you. I Bethel's, know you're athletic. Bethel's on my team. You'll the see. The closet athlete. If not, Bethel, at least you could have the songs and the tears while we're not playing. You could leave us in some show tunes or something. Hey, uh, call me down. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The next one I want to do is uh, the news rundown for the week because there is no news, really. But uh, we're in Corona world. So, Chuck, tell me, what's the Corona like in Glenside, Pennsylvania? Is people, people quarantined? Nobody's going anywhere? Your family's in the well, house? Yeah, I would tell you this. I'll tell you, I don't know because I'm quarantined in my house, not going anywhere. Like, I literally put gas in my car to yesterday for the first time in three weeks, and it was like a quarter of a tank. Um, <laughs> was it 99 cents? Is, was it really? That? They're saying it's the gas price is going to go down to like 99 cents. Was it really cheap? That was like two and a quarter or something. It oh. was cheaper than it's been in a long time. Wow. But uh, but in my area, everyone's quarantined. Everyone's respecting that. Like even when you're in the backyard walking the dog with our neighbors, we're still 10 feet apart. Wow. Having this giant happy hour circle, everyone's drinking a beer 10 feet apart while the dogs are running around. It's so funny. I was just talking to somebody um, in Connecticut, and they were like, no, I see people. He's on the beach. He goes, there's a ton of people on the Connecticut beaches, and people are going out there telling them, go back in your house, you know. But there's a lot of people who don't respect it, and it's not going to go away until people really respect this. And it's- exactly. What about, what about grocery shopping? Did you do that? Did you go? What's that like? Yeah, it's not bad. In fact, a lot of the stores that were putting like uh, limits on how many people could be in the store at the same time. Trader Joe's is the key. I don't know if you guys have it up yes. there too, but you know, you walk down to Trader Joe's, there's a line of 300 people. It seems like, yeah. and they let four people in the store at a time, and they have one cashier. Wait, Chuck, did you find for my wife the coconut? No, cover- the last oh. time we were there, did not have the chocolate almond coconut oh. mixture. They still don't have it here too. I think there was a run on them, Neil. I'm not even joking, Neil. We can't. You can add it to the list. You can't find Charmin Blue Soft Toilet Paper, Bounty Paper Towels, and now Trader Joe's Coconut Covered Chocolate Almonds. That sounds like a treasure hunt yeah. challenge to me. Sounds like what? Sounds like another challenge? Yeah. A treasure treasure hunt challenge. How much you win if you find all five of those things? I think it's pretty good. I think you you get a – there is should be some prize. But, Neil, today, coming home, just so you know, Bertie and I were coming back from our morning in the park – um, and all of a sudden across the street, I see this little, um, drugstore and in the window is a six pack of Charmin soft mega rolls, right? Oh, I, it? I beeline it across the street. I put my mask on. We go in the store. I see the guy, you know, the owner there. And I'm like, wait a second. You have, I literally go, you have those in the store. So I go look and it's now it's like the little rolls, individual rolls of like Charmin Strong or something. I'm like, wait, I want the one. He goes, you want the one in the window? I'm like, yeah, I want the one in the window. He goes, oh, we're all out. I give you the one in the window. I'm like, yes, I want the one in the window. Oh, my God. You want to talk about winning the Super Bowl? I won the Super Bowl today. Oh, my God. The next one is I'm going to give everybody the challenge for the week and all the listeners as well. Go and find me. Uh, brand new in any store, a bucket of Clorox wipes. Okay. Yeah, those are good. Luck. 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 We've tried here too. We yeah. can't find them. There is not a Clorox wipe, a Lysol wipe, uh, any flavor of that wipe anywhere online in a store. You can forget it. It's got to be in somebody's. You know, it's a crazy because you know I see those in the store. Was there a billion of them? You know, and then this happens, and there's not one. 
You know what? I was thinking about it, and this is this is serious. Like, I, I was thinking you could we could all probably make those. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you got heavy duty uh, paper towels, which are also hard to find sometimes, mm-hmm. and if you diluted like just a bottle of like some Clorox yeah. and put them and cut them up and put them in something, you'd have your own wipes, right? Well, Wouldn't yeah, you? you could That's also brilliant. That's brilliant. Yes, you could also start a meth lab, Bethel, and make some money on the side. <laughs> well, you know, why do you, do you think? We're in this bunker. We'd, we'd you'd be working make the same amount of money, but you, we'd all be dead after we make them because you die of like the poison. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna call it Breaking Bad Bethel, and uh, hopefully you guys. That's what those masks are coming handy for. Bethel's making her own wipes. I think it'd be funny if you if you made your own wipes and you're a little, you know, like you just take um, you know, like a plastic cup, put the stuff in it, like loop them around, make a little roll, try and sell yeah. them in front of the house. Yeah. Yeah, there's a market for that. I think so. Wait, I have a I have a DIY thing too that I think you, everybody can do as a map because I we were desperate the other day and I realized that you know you know sleep mask yeah. that you like put over your eyes to cover yeah. your eyes in an airplane or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just you pull them over your mouth and your nose; they work perfectly. <laughs> uh, and, and you get a good night's sleep out of it too. Yeah, They're, just Maybe. wear. You but weren't... they work perfectly. I'm not kidding. No, if you can't find them, you go into a JetBlue flight, $20 for a ticket, <laughs> and you ask for the eye mask, and then you leave the flight. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute as well. I want to talk about – we'll give Chuck the uh, – the... Wait, Chuck, have, have you been wearing a mask out? No, Neil. As a matter of fact, I kind of resist that one. I mean, I go I go walking or, like for exercise. That's I don't fine. go within 10 feet of each other. I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, if, like, you had I, to, I... if you had to go into a store, you would wear it, though. I still don't even wear a mask. I just don't touch anything, and I wash my hands before I go in and after I come out. And I don't call phone people. Yeah, but I'm worried about other people. We're not worried about you. You're worried about some guy next to you who's like, you know, like spits over the thing. Right. That little mask actually saves the droplet from going in your nose. Yeah, I still haven't bought into the mask thing, but I don't go out very much. I use it in the store. I keep it in my pocket. Well, Bernie and I, we again, we don't see anybody in Central Park. Literally today, everybody thought it was going to thunder shower. We saw nobody all morning. Nobody. Do they make Bernie size masks? No. Do they no, make no. little kids? Okay. No, no, no. Bernie, I just to keep her away from people. I put her when she's in the stroller. I put the hood up, so she's got like the hood. Right. She's got the hood today. She had the uh, plastic thing with the hood with a little peephole. So she's. Yeah, she's got the sneeze card up. That's right. She's a walking buffet. Lenny, do you wear a mask the minute you step out of your apartment? No, no, no. I only wear, like I said, when I come in contact anywhere near people. Like if I was walking by the Trader Joe's line, I'd put it on. But we avoid that. We go up West End. There's nobody on West End Avenue. We walk across 77th Street. There's nobody on 77th Street. We go up to 86th Street. There's if nobody. I'm, if I'm walking on the street and you see me coming towards you, then you put on your mask. No, I'll go to the other side of the street. If you come anywhere near me, I will put on my mask. But if you will, obviously, when I beeline to the right of the street, you need to beeline to the left side of the street, you disgusting swine. <laughs> That's what your job as a human being is right now. So that when you're six feet away from me, you're fine. It's when you get into like the two foot area. That's why I only walk down big blocks where I can. 72nd Street's great because there's a lot of wideness where you can go on one side and the other guy's 12 feet away from you. So it's good. Anyway. Well, the grocery, the grocery store here that had arrows. So one row goes this way and then the <laughs> next row goes the other way. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was pretty – I like that. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. But as I said last week, I think I've said to at least three people, hey, lady, move. 
you know, yeah. I'm not being nice about this now. Go over there. And you know who I hate the now, only, Neil? People walking their dog. The dog, the which, only, like my joke, I the never, dog strays away. The only, you don't get the whole block, Corona face. Take your dog <laughs> and pull him next to you. We were trying to figure out why it's like, why they say six feet, but Neil and I were thinking like it should be like a two Labrador rule or something. You know what I mean? It's more <laughs> practical. Like you have measure it out like that. You need two Labradors <laughs> between you and the other person, or you need... Yeah, why different. six feet? Where did this come from? Because that's why when really? you sneeze, the, it won't go six feet. You can sne- Why don't you do the next time you sneeze, Neil, see how far the record is of your snot coming out of your face. How far yeah, it goes. If it's a big sneeze, you might need like 10 feet. You well, know what I mean? Like three Labradors. That's... I don't know. I feel like six feet's not enough. I want, a, I want more of, a, more of a, a thing. Well, well, why don't you get yourself like, a, uh, like an eight-foot flat Stanley or something like that of a Labrador... And then you could walk down the street, and anytime somebody comes near you, take your two giant Labrador poster and put it in between you guys. You know, there you go. Or maybe, or maybe it's just a really great adoption opportunity for dogs. They are; they're all sold out. Yeah, yeah everybody needs a dog, a dog distance between them. Well, and another person. There is some good news with this whole thing. California is doing a little better. They're flattening their curve, supposedly. Uh, they shut everything down a week ahead of us, and, of course, their curve is flattening now. And ours, we're sort of peaking. I think people really think this is going to go down as zero. You know, once we peak, the next day it's going to be zero deaths and zero yeah. new cases, right. but that's not bright at all. So we're not getting out of this anytime soon. Um, yeah, they just closed all the Philly schools for the rest of the year. They yeah. just announced that one this morning. Oh, they they announced that here a long time ago. Nobody's going back to school. I, I think they did. Right, Neil? They closed school for the year already. Right? Yeah, they, they closed school for a while. But what about those two cheesesteak places in Philly? Are those still open? <laughs> I would think they are because they're uh, labeled as essential businesses. Yeah, but you can't go in there. You'd have to just pick it up. Probably. Well, the, oh, the, the good cheesesteak places in Philly anywhere are window service, so they're all they're all coronavirus covered anyway. That's good. Well, next week I have to get my allergy shot, and um, I'm gonna fend for my life. There's a whole thing where she's in a room, and there's only one. You have an appointment. Nobody's gonna be in or out of that same room for like 15 minutes, and then I have to go oh. in. She's gonna go boom, boom, and then I run out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be crazy, but it's gotta and be done. Send you the shot, and you give it to yourself at home. No, what are you nuts? <laughs> I'm not going to inject myself with that stuff. Are you crazy? What am I, a drug addict? Let's do a home, a home brew. I do a home brew allergy shots. Windex, <laughs> uh, or, Windex, orange juice, and Coca-Cola. Did Bethel make that for you? Sure, <laughs> can find it. Bethel made that for you in the lab. I, Bethel's idea. <laughs> that would be great, Bethel, making allergy shots as well. Bethel makes everything in your home lab. I can make a fortune. <laughs> Although, let me have to... Th- inside i'm sure gina would love to stab you so give it to her she'll give you the shot that's true um (laughs) we do need tests though and that's the one so people for serious i haven't heard anything about tests this week you know they're they're working on them abbott had one you know like they were coming out but we have no tests until everybody gets a test we don't know where we are and then nobody's even talking about the vaccine yet so until they start talking about tests and vaccine don't even think you're leaving your homes it's just going to keep going on and on um, yeah. Trump wants to open up, keeps talking, hinting on opening up stuff, but I think it's just testing the waters because he knows he's not going to be able to do it. Because if the numbers go back up again, he'll be looked at as a complete moron, which I can't even believe you can go even more complete moron at this point, but he's going to give it a sh- shot. I mean, I don't know how I, the other, I don't even know. Let me just do a quick rant here. 
here's who Trump blames in his presidency. He's blamed the Chinese for this, the who, the the World Health Organization, the CDC for virus. He's got a pill with no FDA approval that will cure everything. He blames the Democrats for not getting anything passed, right? Obama is an idiot. The CIA and FBI are the deep state. The liberal media is out to get them. The governors are weak and should fend for themselves. And the alt-right Nazis are good people. The Russians of Putin and Kim Jong loser are harmless, but he can fix it. Only he can fix it. And we have no economy right now, zero. And the jobless rate is through the roof. And we all quarantine our homes, can't go anywhere and see anyone. But we're idiots, and he's a genius, right? It's all America's horrible thing, but except for him. I am so sick of this. We can't even go outside anymore. If we don't make a better decision, November, start making hazmat suits. Forget these masks, Bethel. Start making hazmat suits because we're all going to get in a hazmat suit and go to the polls and get rid of this motherfucker. I, we got it. All I want is my goddamn life back. Is that possible that we could just go on with life? I don't, 99.9% of the time I've said this, I don't care who the president is. Just, can I just go outside and see my friends or have a meal in a restaurant? We can't, we don't even have freedom anymore. We we're, we're, we're the third world. We're, ugh. It's so annoying at this point. It is bad. It, I mean, I never imagined we'd be here. I could, I mean, never, I could have, I could never imagine this would have happened. We thought brink of nuclear war, right? We thought this would, he was going to bring us to the brink of nuclear war. That's what I thought. But this, I can make a case that this could be worse. Me too. Me too. But on the other hand, it, it is a perfect opportunity to start a meth lab. So, um. <laughs> I, I just want to end with this because we're over time. Uh, Chuck, we ask this question every week, and I ask Neil and Bethel every week. Neil brought it up a couple weeks ago. It's a really good question to keep asking week after week. Um, do you buy a ticket <laughs> to – like Neil was talking about buying a ticket to Paris. Like do you go – and at the beginning of this, we were like, oh, maybe you should buy the $100 plane ticket to Europe because that's going to open up by June. And now every week as we go on, Neil, you still buying that $100 ticket to Paris in July? Well, as a matter of fact, I went on last night. $220 round trip at the end of July, July 23rd to like July 30th a week. It was 220-something dollars round trip. You didn't. Wow. What's the price to Hawaii? We were looking at after filling Hawaii. It was like $400 round trip oh, in July. That's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. But, and I got bad news for both of you. You're not going. That added burden just watching it not, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like you got to buy it almost. It's $200. All right. And it's refundable. If you can't go, they'll give you your money back. I think so. I think now they will give your money back. But nobody's even going to lay out the $400 because they're so ridiculous. Because then what are you going to do? Like, go ahead. Make your reservation to Hawaii. Do you get it back at the Marriott? Are they giving you back your thing if we don't make it in July? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So it's, ugh. Um, and they're going to want to do the whole baseball season eventually in Arizona. I got some bad news for those people, too. Baseball is not happening, people. It's just not – they're not going to get this because nobody's been tested. They're not going to play it with nobody in the park. Everybody's just – So you don't think the NHL and NBA is going to finish up either, no, do you? Nope. It's over, and it's going to be like the war years where you're just going to see this thing on the back of a baseball card. No season due to corona. That's all you're going to see. But that's – we'll see. Let's move on. Okay, the last thing I want to do today is a quiz, and I don't want to tell Neil what it is, so we're going to say goodbye to Neil and Bethel. And Bethel, are you, Chuck, do you want to take on Neil 
and Bethel in this quiz? Uh, Lemmy, I am the very bad quiz taker, so I'll take them on both. Okay. Why not? All right. So that way, at least if Neil wins, I can say that he had help. I have plausible deniability if I lose to Neil. That's true. That's true. Chuck is petrified. Not only do I have Bethel, I got four computers up and running right now. (laughs) All right, Neil. And I got the foggy inside of my car to help me. (laughs) All right, you guys. Neil and Bethel will call you right back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Chuck. Let's do this. All right. All right. So this is – I didn't want to tell what Neil – because he would sit there. If I told him the quiz, he would just – he would cheat. (laughs) He would sit there. Yeah. So would I. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He would just look up answers. All right. So let's do this really fast. This is a 50s quiz. Um, Oh, wow. I know you have a jukebox. A really – tell people what that is. It's a 1955 Seaberg. It's the Happy Days jukebox, basically. It's so cool. Does it still work, or it doesn't work? Uh, it can work. I mean, it's good. we haven't we don't use it all that often, so it kind of gets a little uh, these Rusty. little TLC because yeah. the wires are old. But we could get it working pretty quickly, I think. So cool. All right, let's do this. So I'm going to put time on the clock as well because you know Neil and Beth will go real slow, and so you'll go faster. And they'll try and cheat their way through it, but we'll see who wins what. All right. So this is a '50s quiz, pop culture in the '50s, basically. All right. Oh boy. They're very easy. They're very easy. So let's do this. Ready? And go. What aspiring young pop singer could could only be shown on the Ed Sullivan Show from the waist up? Elvis. Correct. This is a term. To, number two. This is a term to describe a person who was born between 1946 and 1964. This generation makes up a substantial portion of the world's population. Are they the baby boomers? Yes. Number three, this series debuted debuted on October 1st, 1955 on CBS in place of the Variety Series. It was initially a rating success as the number two show in the United States during its first season, facing stiff competition from the Perry Como show on NBC. The show eventually dropped to number 19, ending its production after 39 episodes, now referred to as the classic 39 episodes. The final episode aired on September 22, 1956. Wow. 1956. You should know know it from the classic 39 episodes. That's the key. I I, I don't know. You want to think about it? We'll go back. Alfred Hitchcock. Nope. We'll keep going. What was the what was the name of the 1950s circular plastic toy wrapped around your waist and operated by gyrating the hips? The hula hoop. Yep. Who won more NBA championships in the 50s, the Minneapolis Lakers or the Boston Celtics? The Celtics. Nope. I knew you got me on that one. I read you too. What color are what color are the most famous color of saddle shoes? Black and white. Yep. What famous baseball player married Marilyn Monroe in 1954? Joe DiMaggio? Yep. Which rising young star from the movie Rebel Without a Cause died in an automobile accident in 1955? James Dean? Yep. Which television game show first aired in 1956 and is still running today? Wow. Uh, How about the... No, The Price is Right's not that old, is it? Bingo! What piece of women's clothing named after a dog because uh, it was popular in the 50s? Yep. What famous cowboy of the 1950s was really named Leonard Sly? I'm going to give you a choice here. John Wayne? Autry? No. John Wayne, Gene Autry, or Roy Rogers? 
I would say Teen Launcher was my first guess. Nope. Nope. Uh, Sean what, Wayne. What was the name of of the hairdo of the 1950s greaser? What was the name that hairdo of the 1950s greasers? They had combed it my, back. They had combed it my back. My father had a duck's ass at DA all the time. Is that what you were? Yeah. It was where, that's I'll what take, he called it. I'll take duck's ass. It's called a ducktail. But yeah, that's okay. funny. That's funny. That's what you tackle. What 1950s? Yeah, what 1950s entertainment emerged in a parking lot that cost 25 cents and an additional 25 cents per person in the car? Drive-in movies. Yep. What politician made claims in the 1950s that were that there were many communists living in America? He openly criticized the government and the leaders. He is responsible for the Red Scare. People. Uh, he was. People became doubtful of others as many were scared of these impending threats. Ooh, I, I don't know. Is that Roosevelt? No, no. no. Let's keep going. This no. fifteen. This sitcom dis- defines the golly gee wholesomeness of the fifties and sixties TV, where Dad Ward always gets home in time for dinner. Mom June cleans the house wearing dress and pearls. And kids, Wally and the Beave always learn a lesson by the end of the episode. Oh, that's that'll leave it to Beaver. Yeah, uh, the president of the USA for most of the 1950s was he was elected in 1953. Who was the president for most of the 50s? Um, I said Roosevelt. No, I don't know my presidents. Oh, not true. Truman's in the 63. Okay. It was before Truman. Yeah. Truman was in until 1953. Truman ended the war. What war was the U.S. involved in between parts of an Asian country? What U.S.? Korean. Yes. Can't read my own writing. Number 18. Jonas Salk was credited for a massive achievement in the 19th. Polio. Polio vaccine. Yes. What was the last name of Lucy and Ricky's neighbors on the show I Love Lucy? Fred, uh, Fred and Ethel Blank. Uh, to the book. Cramp, no, the Cramptons? No, that's a different one. I, it didn't come to me right away, so I won't get that. Okay. And last one. February 3rd, 1959 was known as the day the music died. What happened? And for... Uh, the plane crash. Okay. Name, was, I'll give you one. Holly, yeah, I'll how give, many you need? I'll need, Dick Popper was in there. Yep, and who else? I'll give you one point for each uh, one. The big three. It was Big Bopper, Buddy Holly, and... Uh, I'll give you a hint. La Bamba. Oh, uh, Richie Valens. Yep, okay. And I gave you a hint because they're going to play two people against you. And I'm going to go back. And you just mentioned this one. If the series debuted in 1955, remember that one? Uh, right. You kind of said it before in, in another answer. Green Acres or Heel? No. Oh, God damn it. No. I'll leave it to Beaver, no. I said. Yeah, but you were talking about something else. Okay. No. You were talking about something else, and you'll realize it when Neil and Bethel come back. Okay, so you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 11, 12, 13, 14? Wow, I set my record at 11, so I did better than I thought I would. Okay, Neil's got to be 14. Neil and Bethel have to be 14. I think they can do it. And I, you know what? I would worry more about Bethel, unfortunately. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I want, because I want, if I'm losing, I want Bethel to get credit for okay. it. Okay. I think Bethel's going to, I'm Bethel's going to have to sit it out. Let's see if we can get Bethel to sit it out. Okay. 
Let's see. All right, tell me we got a chance. Okay, you have a chance. You got 14, and I don't think Bethel should play because these. I think Bethel will know more about this topic than you, Neil. So, Bethel, okay. are you on Scout's Honor here? Okay, I'm on Scout's Honor. I'll just laugh at Neil when he gets it wrong. Good, because you're going to okay. lose your mind. He's going to get some of these wrong. and But some of them I think you will get just because you're a great theater person. Can you, can you just hold on a second? Let me get Bethel a pen and a paper. <laughs> No, make sure he you attest the fact that he doesn't have a computer in front of him, Bethel, and he's barely got clothes on, Lenny. So okay. no, right. no piece of paper. All right, this is <laughs> Neil. This is a quiz about the 1950s. It's a 1950s quiz. Okay, All I'm right. ready. That's his decade. <laughs> Let's do it. Number one. What, Let's make America great again. What aspiring young pop singer could only be shown on the Ed Sullivan Show from the waist up? Elvis Presley. One for one, Neil Potter. You're one for Ooh. one. This is a, number two. This is a term used to describe a person who was born between 1946 and 1964. The generation makes up a substantial portion of the world's population, especially in developed nations. You're talking about boomers? Yes. Two for two. Number three. Ooh. Baby boomers. Ooh. Number three. This series debuted October 1st, 1955 on CBS. In place of the Variety series, it was initially a rating success as the number two show in the United States during its first season, facing stiff competition from the Perry Como show on NBC. The show eventually dropped to number 19, ending its production after 39 episodes, now referred to as the Classic 39. The Honeymooners! That, Woo! That Three is, in a row! That's correct. It's the Honeymooners, Chuck. <laughs> Uh oh, Chuck's awful quiet. You're right, Chuck. No, that's all right. I I missed it. Three for three. What was the name of the 1950s circular plastic toy that wrapped around your waist and operated by gyrating the hips? The uh, what? What's that again? I didn't hear the first part. What was the name of the 1950s circular plastic toy that wrapped around your waist and operated by gyrating the hips? It's funny because I just finished watching the Hudsucker Proxy. For the hula hoop. <laughs> That's true. Woo! Okay, number Jack, roll down the window so your neighbors can hear me beating you. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, I've listened to 100 episodes, and I know you get all kinds of cocky when you get the first four right, so it's a long quiz. <laughs> number five, who won more NBA championships in the 50s, the Lakers, the Minneapolis Lakers, or the Boston Celtics? Come on now, that's just too easy. Well, it is kind of could be a trick question. <laughs> Neil, do you have an could answer? Could be a trick question because there's that big tall guy that played uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Sounds like uh, sounds like something you would do to trick me. So I'll say Boston Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis oh, Lakers, Neil. The Celtics didn't start winning till late fifties, and then went through the sixties. Sorry, buddy. Do it. I want to protest that. I want to put a protest on that. On what yourself? You pro you talked your you literally talked yourself out of it. We all heard it. Number six, Bethel, no help from there. Be- Neil, what what is the most famous color of saddle shoes? What's the famous color? Yeah, the the biggest color of saddle shoes. I mean, black, black and white. What's your answer? Black. Black and white is the correct answer. Oh, I said that. You. Did. <laughs> 
I said, what's your official answer? He said, black. Bethel. It's black and white, right? I thought you said I had to choose one of the colors. Bethel? I know that for a fact because when I dress up, sometimes that's what I'll wear. Bethel, are you giving it to him? No, I'm just sitting here cringing. (laughs) Uh, You got a ziggy on that one. Here comes the choke, Chuck. All right, number seven. What famous baseball player married Marilyn Monroe in 1954? Joe DiMaggio. Good. Number eight, which rising young star from the movie Rebel Without a Cause died in an automobile accident in 1955? James Dean. Yes. Which... A lot of people said that. that I re... When I was younger, a lot of people said I was James Dean type. You mean Paula Dean? No. <laughs> I mean James. <laughs> I first got to Hollywood when I was young. They kept saying, hey, that's a James Dean type. That's mm. what they said about me all the time. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I know. Why do they make good sausages? <laughs> They had Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Uh, number nine, which television game... Wait, wait, let me... You got to put some gravy on that. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Number nine, which television game show first aired in 1956 and is still running today? Uh, Jeopardy? The Price is Right. Hey, that was my... That was third. I was, I'm waiting to say quiz show. I've been waiting for a long time. Okay, number 10. What piece of women's clothing named after, is named after a dog because it was popular in the 1950s? Uh, a girdle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, Beth will tell him. I really don't know. Wait a minute. What is it? Say the question again. What piece I of away because I couldn't look at him in the face. What piece, what piece of clothing named after a dog because it was popular in the 50s? Uh, what do you wear with the saddle shoes, Bethel? Oh, Bob, Bobby stuff? Uh, poodle, how about a poodle skirt? Oh, a poodle skirt. Oh, dumb me. Oh, see, dumb maybe me. Chuck, I was wrong. Should could have had them both. Chuck, did you get that uh, one? Yeah, he did. I thought that was a gimme, that one, yeah. That was a gimme. Oh, I'm dumb, dumb. All right, number 11. What famous cowboy of the 50s was really named Leonard Sly? Neil, this is multiple choice. John Wayne, Gene Autry, Roy Rogers. Leonard Sly. Gene Autry. Uh, no, Roy Rogers. Shit, I knew it was one of those two. Damn it. Four, five. Chuck, you're looking good. You're looking good, Chuck. Uh, I got that one wrong, too, though. I thought the same thing. You can only miss one more, Neil. What was the name? What was the name of the hairdo all the greasers had in the 1950s? They combed it back with a lot of brill cream and made it look hard. Okay, give me the choices. There's no choice. Again? What was the name of the hairdo all the greasers had in the 1950s? They combed it back with lots and lots of brill cream to make it look hard. Like in Greece with yeah. John Travolta. Yeah. What was the name of that? Like that kind of haircut, like in Greece with John Travolta? Yes. Which part of yes are you not getting? Uh, that's called the slide back. <laughs> <laughs> Bethel? The greaser, the greaser, the greaser. Beth- oh, the phone's going. Hold on, let me get the new phone. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, let's try Hold on. We're back. We're back. 
Wait, we lost Chuck for a second? I'm still here. I'm still here. No, the phone was dying. I need two phones oh, to make these phone calls. I was going to lie until Chuck that I got them all right. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I would have known better than that, Neil. It was called the ducktail, or what they used to call in Pennsylvania when Chuck's father had one, the duck's ass, apparently. Good one. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, all right, now, so you're tied. I, got, I can't miss another one, right? Yep, and we're only on question number 13, so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> Number 13. I guess, Bethel, why don't you try and save him since I think you're tied. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you guys are tied. So I'll let Bethel now help you, Neil. Okay, Bethel, right. you're in. I made this category. You can't miss. Great for you, me. Let's, you, let's, okay, let's try it. I thought it was going to be big with poodle skirts and saddle shoes. and All right. What 1950s entertainment emerged in a parking lot that cost a quarter and an additional quarter per person in the car? They're driving. Yes. Oh, back in business. Number, business. number 14. One, what politician made claims in the 1950s that there were many communists living in America? McCarthy. McCarthyism. Oh. <laughs> okay. Woo. Number 15. This, Fourth quarter comeback. Just call timeout. <laughs> the sitcom. You, he can't lose, <laughs> you dumbass. Yeah. The sitcom defines the golly gee wholesomeness of the 1950s and 1960s TV where Dad Ward gets home in time for dinner. Leave it to Beaver! <laughs> <laughs> Number 16. All right, five left. He can't miss. Okay, 16. The President of the United States for most of the 1950s, elected in 1953, was... Oh, shit. Wait, say that again? <laughs> the President of the United States for most of the 1950s, he was elected in 1953. Was wait, cause you're I I can't I can't hear you. Hold on, just don't look it up, you piece of shit. You have five seconds. Four. All right, uh, three. Eisenhower. Yeah, Eisenhower. <laughs> yes. Did you Woo! cheat, Bethel? Bethel, did you cheat? We're rolling, baby. Bethel. Yeah, good, good logic, Neil. I can't even. Number all right, seventeen. <laughs> what war was the U.S. involved in uh, between parts of an Asian country that took place in the 1950s? Was it also a famous TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The Korean War. That's right. All right, three left. Will Neil I... choke? All right, Jonas Salk was. Credited for a massive achievement in the 1950s as his invention was released to the world. What was it? Say it again. We couldn't hear the first part. Jonas Salk was credited for a massive achievement in the 1950s as his invention was released to the world. All right. Let me pass on that one. Give me the last question. Are you serious? Yeah, no. Come back to that. Don't look it up. Neil, you have five seconds. This is for the wit. Come on. Jonas Salk, what do you do? What Jonas Salk? What invention? Jonas Salk. Is he a doctor? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, shit. Four. Uh, oh, oh, three. Oh, it's like a pandemic thing. Uh, it's two. A, uh, it's a, uh, one. Vaccine. vaccine. Uh, yeah, he's polio. a science polio. guy because Salk School in Manhattan. Vaccine? Polio? Yep, polio vaccine. Just got it in. I think they're cheating, Chuck. <laughs> All right, here we go. What was the name of Lucy and Ricky's neighbors on the show I Love Lucy? The Mercedes. Woo! Oh, nice. Okay. What's See? the tiebreaker? 
No, we're going down to the last one. This is the last one. You have to get all of them. Oh. You got all three parts. Oh. This is a... Yeah, this is where I always choke. This is it. February 3rd, 1959, oh. was known as the day the music died. What happened? And for one point each... I know it. Go ahead. That's when uh, La 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 uh, La Bamba, whatever. That's when Ricky, uh, his plane crashed. Okay, so give me the three. Ricky Valen, yep. plane crash, and there's a bunch of other people on it. Yeah, I need to know the other two. You have 10 seconds. Buddy Holiday? Yeah, Buddy Holly, Ricky Valen, and uh, Ned Vest that was on it. Who? I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Oh we're, my God. we're breaking up. We're breaking, we're breaking up. up. We're breaking up. <laughs> Let me get the wizard ready. <laughs> the big bopper. And because of that, Neil, you got it wrong. Or you got two points. Chuck Chuck got all three. The winner is Chuck Dockerty. For some reason, Lenny, I thought I'd feel better winning this one. <laughs> that was a sweet win. <laughs> Neil chokes on the last one on the last question. Very wait, nice. Wait, wait, play it back. Hold on. Play it back, and you can clearly hear I said Big Bopper. Okay, I'll play it back. <laughs> I'll play it back. All right, the way we end the show is one good thing or a bad thing of the week. Neil, do you have – I'll go last, and Neil knows what I'm going to do. So, Neil, do your uh, good thing or bad thing of the week. Well, I mean, being that I literally just sit around all day now, I've lost all motivation for life. Uh, my only thing is I've been each week been talking about my battle with the squirrels and the chipmunks. Yeah. And to bring it full circle, I feel like uh, I flattened the curve this week. And uh, I don't know what that means. You I, killed I made one? I progress on the squirrels. They were winning, but now I've flattened the curve. I've cut off a couple of their entry points to the house, and so I feel like I'm starting to win the battle. All right, good. That's a good thing of the week. Chuck, you got a good thing or a bad thing of the week? You know, with all the bad going on, and I know where you're going, I'm going to go good with a silver lining. I've gotten to spend three full weeks with all of my kids in the house watching TV. We've been hooked on the amazing race to the point now where they want to actually audition. And I, that actually started for me telling them that my two girls that they should audition for supermarket sweeps. That's true. The next thing you know, we're watching amazing race and now they want to put together an audition tape for it. So spending time with the family when you have nothing else to do is actually a silver lining in this whole ordeal we're going through today. Chuck, I want... just want to be clear after you said that that you are talking from the car and you have no clothes on out the drive. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the fact that I have to escape to my car every once in a while, it's a good thing. Very funny. <laughs> my wife is doing the laundry, so the clothes will be ready in a couple minutes. I just got to run from the car to the house. That sometimes causes problems. Oh, man. All right. I hate to end with this note, but my good or bad thing of the week is a bad thing. Uh, the great Vic Henley passed away a couple of days ago. We had him on the show a month ago. Passed away suddenly. Um, he was like 57 years old. It's a true tragedy. Um, you could read my Facebook post. Maybe you could go listen to our podcast from a month ago. Um, he had just released an album we were so thrilled about. Um, it's really great album. If you can download it, it's called Hell is Real. You will laugh at all the stories he told. You can see a lot of his stuff online. He was in one of the best episodes of Superstar Talent ever called Gravy in Season 3. And um, I'm just going to miss him so terribly. It was horrible. And he loved Neil. I can tell him everybody that. I mean, he just got a kick out of Neil. And, and the two of those idiots would talk Southern talk for hours about Baylor and dumb stuff. He called Neil 
<laughs> glory hole because Neil and I wrote a, Neil wrote a glory hole sketch one time that we handed in to a television show as our because we didn't even want to do the show. It's a whole thing. But we're gonna we may do a whole Vic Henley show because we have two mashups. I may rebroadcast some of that with Neil and I commenting on it. Just we'll have some people call in maybe, and we're we're working on it now, and uh, I plan to do that in the future. But for now, rest in peace, Vic Henley. We loved you, man. Right. Yeah, we, we we miss him, and we went and listened to the podcast, and it was amazing just to hear to hear his voice, and it's like he didn't leave. So yeah, we'll play it over and over again. And I got some great Henley stories to tell um, when we do the the show because uh, yeah, I mean he was one really of one of a kind. So yeah. uh, we miss him, and that, we'll talk more about it. Yep, Chuck, tell everybody again about like the volleyball thing. Um, the website I have in front of me is www.tntvbvolleyball.com um, so tntvb.com um, Facebook Yeah, we, we is... do that. We do a lot of like summer type clinics. I mean, not, not much of your audience is in Philadelphia, but if there are any that wants to play, we go a lot of do outside stuff, we do indoor stuff, just anything to get kids playing volleyball um, even if it's with a different club, we just want them to play so it's a, it's a great lifetime sport I said it's one of the only sports you can play co-ed for the rest of your life, so mm. Okay. It's a it's a good sport. So horrible. Facebook is. <laughs> what about golf? You can play golf, Cohen. <laughs> Facebook is at TNT Volleyball Philly. The Instagram is at TNT Volley. And uh, Chuck, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Thank you so much for coming and doing this during a pandemic. One of these days, we'll have you come up here and do it again live. So we. It'll be oh, if anybody's interested, when I have to say, I can't believe I got to be on your show. I've been listening to every single episode you guys are do. Oh. You guys are great. Bethel's fantastic. Like you guys are just some of the greatest people in the world. So I am oh, so privileged to be on this show. Have, you made our week by doing the show. Yeah, you're the best. Absolutely. All right, everybody, stay healthy. Don't get corona. Try not to die. You know, stuff like that. And uh, Neil, go kill some squirrels. And everybody, remember, if you can find Clorox wipes. Just let us know where. Right. Birds to live by. I'm working on it. <laughs> we go on. See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. You guys are the best.